bitches. I'm Jono. And I'm Dominic. And this, this is Jabber. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as a disclosure, <laughs> Dominic has done a line of coke no, episode and he is fully energetic. I'm, I'm Jono. super energized. <laughs> I'm Dominic. Welcome to Jabber. We have a special guest with us today. Hey, Jack. Jack. Hi, guys. How are you? You are a Hollywood publicist, right? Correct. With clients like Erica Jane from The Housewives. And who who are some of your other clients that are public knowledge? Larry, Nick Carter. I've worked with Paris Hilton, Orlando Bloom back in the day. So it's just been a very mixed, uh, different people around different worlds of paths. Okay, and for our guests who don't know, what is a publicist? What does a publicist do exactly? We're the gatekeepers, basically. We are the one who protects them, and also we are the ones who schedule their appearances, magazine covers, TV show appearances, um, anything that has to do with the celebrity being somewhere. We are the ones who schedule it and take care of it and navigate the the situation but also we are the gatekeepers when it comes down to scandal crisis management and everything else in between but a lot has changed so because of social media do you think um social media has hurt like people like you like how people have it hasn't hurt people like me but it has hurt definitely uh celebrities out there because everybody is a paparazzi now. Everybody is a, um, a gossip reporter now. So they just don't have the luxury of being able to go anywhere without someone taking a picture or without someone sending a tip in. So that's the, the big drastic change we've had in uh, with the social media. Like, you know, back in the day when you used to look at TMZ, you, you used to see all these celebrities flocking clubs. No one does that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see celebrities going to Harding. Just certain, like, I think I would say, the ones that you see now are like a lot of the hip-hop celebrities who go out and party and all that stuff. But the real actors and actresses don't really do that anymore because of what has happened with the social media. Mm-hmm. And to no. COVID. And COVID, yeah. Well, we're in a COVID right now. But, you know, before COVID. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So uh, I wanted to ask you, since we're a gay talk show, basically. Yes. You have you, you're gay yourself, right? Correct. Uh, what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> you have basically created fake gay relationships, or covered up the fact that some celebrities are gay, right? We've covered up some celebrities are gay, or create a fake relationship with a starlet we call them, with a a girl who is up and coming or an actress who is um, on the the cusp of becoming a a bigger household name. So you basically strike a deal with them. It's usually about two years. And as in a nice way, we will put in the gay world, they become a beard. Man. Right. Why why do this? (laughs) Why do this? Because back in, okay, so... I guess a lot has changed now, but 10 years ago, yeah. being gay, a heartthrob, it was not someone that woman wanted to be with. 
or it was not sexy enough for a studio to put their money behind that person and um, have a big blockbuster movie when they didn't even know if they're going to get the return because that person was openly gay. So they, you had to create this illusion of people wanting them because mm-hmm. of that obvious reason. It was just a very hard moment for a lot of actors to get jobs and be openly gay at that time. But now, how has it changed from back then? Listen, now I think it's more accepted than it was before, but Mm -hmm. there is still stigma in that world still. There are some actors who don't want to be out because they want to be portrayed as that heartthrob, so-called. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) <laughs> and they feel like they um they can uh be portrayed in a certain way so but you know things have changed a lot you know there are gay art clubs who are who are working and doing a lot of movies but um some of them would still can't get that big 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 money role yeah i remember because um, I've I've shot a few people that are on TV right now, and I've signed a few NDAs. So like when I go to these people's houses or I go to their um their you know like their place or whatever, it's like I have to not talk about what I saw, not talk about who I saw in the bedroom or who I who who's living there as well. And it's it's true there is like this um made up facade that that you know Hollywood has to to keep up with in order to like maintain that image and I mean there's a certain actor who's been in so many movies mm-hmm. and he's fully fully acts straight and lives his straight life and in the meantime the fact is he has a boyfriend who's living with him yeah wow and he's in like some major movies currently Tom Cruise? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, hey, as a gay man yourself, are you conflicted by what you have to do being, you know, openly gay and basically faking relationships? I mean, at first it was a little weird, but I think Mm -hmm. now to me it's just another day of the job. (laughs) Right. Well, when you think about it too, like you're responsible for these people who have like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions that are coming in, Mm -hmm. like on the regular, like it's an industry that you have to basically protect and to, you know, keep that, you know, going because obviously they're in their money makers. You have to like, you know, put up the show pony, pony and, and keep it up. I I usually say you have to do the song and dance that they want you to do, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to continue working with that person, you just sometimes you have to do what they want you to do. I mean, listen, I'm not a yes man when it comes down to certain things because I think that's the the worst you could do in PR is keep saying yes to your client because you're not doing any justice to them and you're not doing anything good besides feeding their ego. There has to be a point that you say no to things. Um, yeah. but there's a lot of yes people in Hollywood and they'll do anything to keep the client around, even if they know it's not the right move or that it's not the right idea of what they want. Yeah. You just, um, cash the check and show them what they want to see. And you know what? Some of them also, you, they see it's a, a you know, it's gonna, it's a client who's going to come in and going to go. And like you said, take the money now. And then if they leave, sign up. So, um, are there 
stars who have previously been openly gay before they became a star. And then you had to basically hide the past or cover it up or something. I've never done that in my career. So I, I, I'm sure there is certain points that there was some people who, who we've seen out there. I think they've tried to cover up and it's just been a bad cover up. You can't really, if there is a, if there is something out there that you've already done, I think you just own up to it and move on. Prime example, Tom Hardy um, is a good example of someone who's spoken out about like being with a man before and he's married to a woman now. And so why hide behind who you are? Mm-hmm. Especially if there is some kind of an evidence of you being busted later, it's not worth it. You're going to look stupid. Mm-hmm. Does, um, do you believe, do you believe that we could have a, you know, a big star like uh, Tom Cruise and uh, who is openly gay and at that level, you know, down the line or currently even? Um, I don't, I honestly don't know if we're ready. You know, I feel like we're not ready for that yet. As much no. as I would love to say yes, I don't see a very, a gay man openly playing a leading character. Uh, it's just not, I don't see it. Sadly, no. Because mm. there's a, still a stigma out there and there's still that weird uh, way of thinking people just not getting it that, you know, it's just a character. They're not playing themselves. I don't know if that will ever, if we'll ever evolve because those, you know, homophobic people have children and they're teaching those children to be like them, you know, I don't know. You know, it's, I was, I was, I mean, the, the gay, openly gay actor is going to play the second and a third lead. It's going to be very difficult to play that lead actor. Wow. Yeah. I think eventually we'll get there because look how much change and so much that, you know, what we've gone through so far, you know, with like 20 years ago, we had um, the first um, gay sitcom, Will and Grace on t- national syndicated television. Mm-hmm. You know, look what, look what that milestone came and, you know, like what else came after that, you know, like it, it's just something else is just going to come through the pipeline. It's just, you know, waiting for that change. Which is great. And also, I don't know if in, in today's time, if uh, Will would have been be played by a straight man, I think it would have been played by a, a gay actor. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now. So, you know, there is, there is some instances, but there is also the big movie type of stuff is just what is going to be difficult. TV is going to, will be more open to having leading gay characters, but movie is just a little bit difficult. I have a question for you about touching on that topic. Um, have you seen that new movie that came out, The Prom? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it too. Yeah. Oh, so, what do you guys feel, think about? What say it again? Sorry, I lasted half. But so, I, uh, I lasted halfway. I see it. Uh, oh, okay. Um, what do you guys feel like from what you saw about James Corden's character in the movie? Were you offended? I mean, I, I was offended. I thought he, I, I, you know, I was watching it with my friend and I was like, is he gay in real life? Like, I didn't know that. And they're like, no, he's straight. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> go ahead. And the fact that he even got nominated for a Golden Globes is just mind boggling to me when they shut out so many other major 
actors or actresses who actually delivered uh, what they were supposed to deliver and then they nominate him. It's just, it just goes to show you how, you know, Hollywood is just, most of it is just set up. Yeah. You and I, Hollywood, <laughs> you know, you can I, buy anything in Hollywood. I was just flabbergasted because like everyone goes like, watch this movie, watch this movie. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to watch it. And they go like, just watch it. Like, I want to hear your opinion on it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I saw it and I'm like, and I just like, as soon as, as soon as he opened his mouth, I was just like, I am just so upset at him right now. Like just, it's it, it just. Him. Do you feel like it was a mockery of like gay people, stereotypical it was his, it was his interpretation of a yeah, gay man, and right. it was it was it was what he saw as a gay man and person mm-hmm. that's like supposed to be like all open and shit is all full of shit, mm-hmm. and, and it, it just it, it it pissed me off. There is um, and also there's so many gay actors out there who could have easily yes. played that role and done a better job at it. Mm-hmm. So why go down the road and do that when you know you're going to cause a lot of problem or chatter or even you're opening the doors to something that's not okay yeah my agent actually called me right before this and uh he said he submitted me for a role where i'd be if i got it be playing transgender and i'm like i don't i don't really feel comfortable auditioning for that you know i feel like transgender people should be playing transgender people Exactly. As a character, you would never know what they go through. We, you know, we don't know what transgender the community is going through, or we see what they're going through, but we don't. We've never walked in their shoes, so I wouldn't know what how to react or the emotions that comes out of that. And um, I, I, I agree with you. I would, I would be, you know, I, I, I could see why you said that. You know, I don't know if you guys seen. Um, La Vemino, Vemino. Oh yes, I want oh. I, my one of my friends. Um, um, I uh, I helped her with a, a drag race audition tape, and I was helping her edit. It and I was like, "Who's this character that you're playing?" And she was like, "She was like, you've never seen it it's on HBO Max." And I'm like, "I'm like, what is this person?" <laughs> yeah, so she is uh, transgender. She was the the most famous transgender. Uh, female in Spain and there is a story about her life and Hollywood casting directors watching this movie learn this is what a casting looks like of casting these characters that are so amazingly well casted that you actually feel like it's the real deal you're watching and it's so well written and uh, it's all cast of trans and every role it seems like they thought about it and they found the right person that fits that role. Even if the, the because it goes through from her being a little boy, the transitioning in between, they found, and then she's a lot older, they found these characters that look like the actual person. Wow. And, and it's casted so well that they didn't like cut off corners. And the story is really, really, really amazing story. I want to get on that. I I I already have HBO Max, and I'm just like I'm dying to watch it. I'm like I need some free time. <laughs> you need, you should watch it. It's actually one of my favorite um, shows that I've watched this year. That I was like blown away by it. Do you think Marlon Brando had the same type of um, 
changing his, you know, personal, um, you know, like preferences and whatnot in Hollywood because, you know, he was such a huge star and you found out all these rumors later on down like the, like, you know, like in Hollywood that, you know, he slept with men. Well, they were all on their contract back then. It was a different times, you know, they were all belonged to one studio and one studio only. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot easier to cover up than now, Mm -hmm. you know, I always say back, back then it was so much easier to, we control, that's why I say the publicists were the gatekeepers because we controlled what came out. We controlled what press questions was coming out. We controlled the imagery that was put out there. You controlled everything. It was very micromanaged campaigns. It was very thought out campaigns, but now you don't, you can't really do that because some of these Sad but true. Some of the celebrities are their worst enemy because they'll just go on Twitter or they'll go on Instagram and start, you know, fighting with people or saying things that they're not supposed to be saying. So the control over that, what we had and the image that we wanted certain person to be portrayed is not possible anymore. Alrighty, kittens, we're going to take a little nap and we'll be right back. Cool. No, I don't like you. But I got smarter, I got harder in the nick of time. Honey, I rose up from the You just made me die. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift. Jack, why that song? Why that song? I think it's appropriate for the conversation we're having. You know, she plays a a different person in that song. She's something that we didn't expect for her to be. And she comes back with with a vengeance. Yeah. The visuals in that music video are freaking sweet. They have like hidden meetings and like in everything. And there's so many Easter eggs everything hey did you see that show the arrangement kind of fits in with what we're talking about it was this show about this fake you know celebrity relationship i think it was like a few years ago yes it was done really badly (laughs) (laughs) did you see the flack or whatever I'm just seeing the well, like one episode. It was like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago now. Um, yeah. Was it accurate? Do you feel like it was realistic enough? Some of the stuff was not so realistic because they went so out there. And I think that's why it only lasted one season. No one really wants to watch that. Um, but the flack, oh, I haven't seen the flack yet. Mm-hmm. I heard everyone keeps telling me to watch it. I started watching it, to be honest with you, and I lasted maybe 15 minutes and I was over it. So I have to give it another try. But everyone keeps telling me that I should watch the flag. It's uh, it's really good. 
Yeah. So you wrote a book called yes. Guilty Pleasure. Yes. So Blind Item so, was our first one. And then the second one was Guilty Pleasure. Okay. Um, it's basically uh, true stories, but fictional characters. Um, so everything you read in the book is it has happened or I've had experienced in my career. So, but we've made it into um, fictional characters that no one could figure out who these people were. Um, I didn't want to upset anyone out there that mm -hmm. their story they were reading and be like, oh, that's me, or people easily guessing who that person was. And some of the characters are actually like two or three people combined into one. Um, uh -huh. Ethnicities were changed. So, so we, we came up with a very creative way to do it without offending anyone because I was not you know our first couple of the uh, couple of publishing meetings that we had most of them were like we want names you need to name name of these people I'm like well do you want me to work ever again in this kind of town <laughs> right. you know like if I, unless you're paying me a million dollars that I'm going to like forget about it then it's not worth it and also I didn't want to be salacious and that be that person of selling someone out even though is there I'm, anyone that you know, you know, would figure it out. So you got their blessing and you told them that what you were doing, but under different names or anything like that. Um, the main character, uh, I was found out about, I was, I was doing this, got their agents to get a, a manuscript from our publisher. Then I got a text saying, uh, thanks for doing a justice of not revealing who I was. So, That's good. and then, Few other people were a little bit scared and worried. I know there was certain celebrity family who reached out to People Magazine and tried to get the manuscript from them because they were scared that there was some stuff in there about them, which is not whatsoever. So, so there was there was few instances, but again, I we didn't want to go down the road of selling anyone out. But it's mm -hmm. all true stories, and a lot of people who read it are still asking for number three. Um, but I don't think we're going to do that. It's going to leave it to where it's at. Is there a hidden meaning with the cover of the book? There is no hidden meaning for the cover of the book. And uh, the designer came up with it and we, we knew what we were going to call the book blind item. And she took that blind item and made it into what Hollywood is about. It's everything is shiny, but at the end of the day, it's all rotten and dirty behind the scenes you know you you see a facade of all these celebrities and we all think oh my god they're glitz and the glamour and beautiful how what it is but in the meantime you have no idea what they're going through yeah. you, we none of us know the truth what's what's behind their closed doors and what they what what does it feel like to be them for that day so i think it was the it was, it was going on off of more of that what like that hollywood is wrong yeah I uh, I grew up in LA, live um, born and raised in LA, and all my friends that are you know like from somewhere else to go like oh my god let's go to Hollywood let's go to like let's go look to see like you know like maybe we can see a celebrity I'm like why <laughs> and then they're like they're like come on please let's like take us to Hollywood Boulevard and I'm like okay let me know what you think of the smell and they go like well, like what do you mean and so then we as soon as we as soon as we go down Hollywood Boulevard they're like this is disgusting. Like, I think I just stepped in shit. How <laughs> do you say that? The first time that I was here, I was probably in LA to LA. I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And I said the same thing. I was like, 
where is all the good stuff, dad? And he was like, this is Hollywood. I'm like, but it's so dirty. And where is like the, the pretty pictures that I've seen on, on, in photos and, and on TV. And he was like laughing at me, mm-hmm. but that's the imagery that I've, that I had when I got here. And then I was like, everybody does. Everybody thinks that the streets are lined with gold and it's, it's, it's not. It's By the, the way, it's, they, it, what, what that, what that color is, is urine. It's, the, the wannabe <laughs> Midwest, nothing against the Midwest people. They still think it looks like that. And I'm like, by now you should have like literally know what what what's up here. It's not as glitz and glamour and pretty as it make everyone makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. You know, so hey, I'm sorry. It's so the fake it and make it in Hollywood is definitely a, a a true deal here. Yeah. Are there any examples from your book that you would want to share? Like any crazy stories for the listeners? Um. I mean, there's a lot of sex and there's a lot of <laughs> drugs and so. spinning story <laughs> uh, in the in the book. And also, it's a story about a a, a publicist, a young publicist who falls in love with 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 her client. And there's there's a lot of that too in Hollywood. So, so do you? So is this from personal story then? Like, did you fall in love with somebody? Personal that I have witnessed or has happened. Okay. Did you fall in love with a client? I have not been falling in love with a client, no. <laughs> okay. He is not at liberty to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I, my, most of my clients are women, so. <laughs> be real awkward. <laughs> but no, it, it, it's definitely, there is, you know, you are, you know, when it comes down to it, it's like sometimes you're spending so much time with these people that the only person that you're around is them and you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any like misconceptions that, you know, that you, the public thinks about publicists or celebrities that you, you know, could address or give I mean, insight into the reality of? Of I think publicists people think we have this glamorous job of being on a red carpet and dressing up and walking a celeb down a press line and that's what all we do. Uh, but little that they know, it's PR is the highest stressful job out there, and it's ranking always like number two or number three. And it's not as glamorous as you think it is. We it's a hustle and a bustle. You have no life. You are 24-7 on someone else's disposal and on someone else's time. And um, it's not as glamorous as you think it is. Yes, I mean, there are certain perks that comes with it. I've traveled half the world by, by someone else's dime that I didn't have to pay for it. But it's still work. When you're at these locations, you're not like running around and sightseeing the whole time. You're there to work and leave. Sometimes I've been to a city that I couldn't even go out and see what the city looked like. It was in and out. Mm. So... There's just, I think a lot of that, because even my mom for a while didn't understand what I did. And she was confused by what I did until one day she really saw like the ins and outs of what we do. And she was like, I don't envy your job whatsoever. I, you know, I didn't get what you did, but now I just don't envy it whatsoever. And a lot of times, sad but true, but we are playing babysitters for someone who's in their 40s, you know, and you're hand holding and, um, you know, talking them off the cliff sometimes. Mm. um it's 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 a lot 
it's definitely a lot. And it's uh, the most underappreciated job as well because publicists are the first ones to get thrown under the bus when something goes wrong. Um, the agent and the manager will, would not take the blame for it. Most of them don't. We are the ones that get blamed on certain things. And then it's like, wait a minute, you did not put that in the contract. How is my fault? How is, how is it all of a sudden their name not being on the poster my fault when it should have been in a contract? So there is a lot of that as well that we get blamed a lot for, for certain things. I've Especially heard you think campaign for, uh, for an award show. That's like the most difficult part of the job, I think, when the campaign doesn't go the way that you thought it was going to go or the per certain person doesn't get nominated for, for the Oscar or the Golden Globe. And then you definitely get blamed for it. And I've I've seen people get fired for it. I've uh, I've you know I have some friends that are journalists and writers, and uh, they they've said like, oh, publicists are so nasty. They only you know they tell me I can't do this, I can't say this, I can't ask this, and then they only gave me twenty minutes, and you know something like that. Well, you know most publicists are aggressive and most publicists are very hardcore <laughs> and a lot of the older publicists who've been around in, in the business for 20 plus years are still stuck working in the 1980s and they haven't come to terms with what's going on in the world that we live in at the moment i've always said by being nice and kind to people when i'm dealing with them has got me where i am today um because I could kill a story or I could spin a story. I can get what I want from a reporter by being nice and being ugly. But that doesn't mean if you're ugly to me, I'm going to be ugly back to you. If you, you know, if we have this conversation and I'm telling you the client is not going to be talking about X, Y, and Z, and then on the phone call, you flip it around and start asking it, then I'm going to be a bitch. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of reporters sadly do that. After they yeah. on what we're just agreed upon, they'll flip around and ask the question that they were not supposed to ask. And it's like, listen, I just reassured my client by getting on the phone with you that this was not going to happen. But now you just totally backstab me and try to backdoor me by going there. It just doesn't help the situation. And I, and honestly, I won't work with, if, if you do me, you don't do me right once, I won't come back to you. I mean, we've all seen those YouTube videos where it's like, it says like um, celebrities lashing out at, you know, reporters or whatever. But I watch the videos and like, I can see that they're pushing their buttons on purpose. They're like asking inappropriate questions or whatever. I'm example, look at Britney Spears and Diane Sawyer. Like, why are you asking a young female if she's a virgin or not? That is not your business, you know? And it's yeah. like trying to rise... And I've had instances when I've, you know, they've asked at a junket, they've asked the client and I will step in and then they air that. They fully air that on TV of me, like was being like, you can't ask, just being a, a bitch about it. And then they make, yeah. it look, and then they make you look like you're being a crazy publicist. Right. In the meantime, they don't want to say, by the way, we agreed to not to ask those questions, but we went ahead and did it because we're trying to get a rise out of it, or we want to be the first one who breaks the story on what the client is going to say. And the paparazzi used to do that. The paparazzi used to drive clients crazy and push them and push them and push them to answer certain questions. And then there's some point in after being asked 150 million times, 
you you have a breaking point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, at least that has changed a little bit because um, photos are not worth as much as money it used to be worth. Since we uh, we all have phones and we could take a picture and send it into TMZ easily, so a lot of the paparazzi have backed down, or they're just a lot nicer. And you know, I won't name an agency. For a while, there was an agency who was hiring major criminals to take photos of these celebrities because what? they mm-hmm. they they're all the whole their whole roster of photographers were criminals who were just aggressive and beyond out of control. That's it was, crazy. It was scary. And you know, that's what, again, I go back to the Britney documentary, you're watching that and you could see they provoked her when she went crazy and started going off with Umbrella. That's what I'm saying. You don't know what that person is going through. John, did days. you see that? Yeah. By the way? I remember that. I didn't see it. I didn't see the documentary. It, it, they like to provoke Back then, they provoked you because they wanted to get the rise cool. out of you. And that's what sold the photo, and that's what got them big money. Well, the thing with Britney is that she was already going down this road already, and then it was like her tip, like when the kettle was just like ready to, like you know, explode. Cake. Yeah, and it was it was already at that point, and she just got pushed to that level where it's like everything popped. That was that was the night she shaved her head, right? Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure you have a busy schedule. Did you want to um, tell our listeners where they can follow you, find you, and get your book? Books? Um, you could get the books on Amazon or uh, Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Instagram. It's J A C K K E T S O. Love that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. you guys. This is a good chat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you guys again. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. This has been Jabber Podcast, produced by Dominic Albano and executive produced by John Madison. Do you have a question or topic you want to share? Email us at jabbrpod at gmail.com. Send us a DM on Instagram at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone and their subtitle parties.